welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. We thank God for today. Thank you for joining me. And I pray that today's session will be a blessing to you and all of us will be uplifted towards God in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we read the scriptures? Um, 1 Peter chapter 1, reading uh, from verse 3 all, all the way to verse 9. Blessed be, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This, in this ye greatly rejoice, even though now for a, a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being much more precious than gold which is perishing, even though tested by fire, may be found to Result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. May God add his blessing to his holy word. Please let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Inject yourself into us through your word of truth, which abides and lives forever. Through the teaching of the truth, let something be born in us to your glory. Thank you that the power of the flesh, the power of hell, the power of the world will be, will be subdued through the delivery of your word in our lives. So we will grow into salvation and be more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, in the previous teaching, I ended on the progressive salvation being the salvation of our souls. And I said there are six aspects of the progressive salvation. And I spoke about just one, being the um, being freed from the uh, the power of the indwelling sin. And I spoke about how do we get freed through the uh, uh, the uh, uh, denying our souls. How do we deny our souls? Taking up the cross. So when we take up our cross, deny ourselves, deny our souls, and follow, it it makes the indwelling sin lose strength of us. Why? Because once we become born again, Romans, I would like to read Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. 
and then Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 says that, Know this, that the old self was crucified with Christ. Did you see that? Take up your cross and follow me. The old self was crucified with Christ. Um, the old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be might be done away with so that we will no longer be slaves to sin. You see, so we will not be, we'll be free from sin. I think the King James, the King James, um, let me read from the King James. It says that knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we would no longer save sin. All right. So, Henceforth, we will no longer save sin. Verse 7 in the New American Standard Version. The verse 7 says that, For he who has died is freed from sin. Did you see that? So, the, the, uh, sorry, the salvation, progressive salvation, is being, set, being made free from the power of indwelling sin. He who has died. Let me read it again. Verse 7. <laughs> Romans 6, 7. He who has died is free from sin. King James. King James says, um, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Are you dead? Take up your cross. Now, so the, the power of the resurrection, the power of the crucifixion and the resurrection, once you begin to allow it to work in your life, it's subdues, it is you know, when we read Romans chapter 7, it says that the things I do not... Verse, let me read the verse, verse 16 and the verse 19 and 20. Romans 7, 16 says that, uh, but if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree that... I, I, agree with, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. Um, verse 19. For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but I practice the very... Th- evil that I do not want to. But if I am doing the very things I do not want to, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin that dwells in me. So sin dwells in you and will not let you have your way. But in Romans chapter 8 verse 2, it says that for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from that law of sin and death. So you can be free. We can be freed from sin. And that is when we begin to um, not live to please our soul life, but live to deny our soul life to please the Lord so we can save our soul lives, the salvation, um, the salvation of our souls. Amen. So the first one is the first aspect is the um, freedom from sin. The second aspect is sanctification. Now, you know, there are two sanctifications as I taught a few uh, a, a few lessons, uh, teachings ago, I, I said that there's the positional and dispositional sanctification. Now, I explained the positional being, as soon as you get born again, the fact that you are in Christ, you already sanctified. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. said, but you were sanctified. You didn't have to do anything. So everybody who is born again in Christ, you are actually set apart from God. For you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a sanctified person. So that's posi- the fact that you are in Christ, you are sanctified. You didn't have to do anything. But the dispositional sanctification is the sanctification that is worked into you. 
Okay, so by the Spirit of God, we are sanctified. Romans chapter uh, chapter 15, verse 16. It says that um, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So there is this sanctification that the Holy Spirit does in us, which is the um, subjective sanctification or dispositional. Because you are in Christ, the Spirit of God which is inside you, according to Galatians chapter 4 verse 6, because we are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our spirit, that Christ Abba Father. So that Spirit inside you is what makes you, that's why Bible said, be holy. That's why we can be commanded. In fact, um, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 talks about how be ye imitators of God as dearly as dear children. Are you sure you can copy God? Yes, that's because you have the dispositional sanctification, grace for dispositional, to be able to you are disposed, you act in a certain way. Okay, when we talk about dispositional sanctification, it has to do with your behavior. Anybody who is born again is supposed to follow on with certain type of behavior. Okay, that's the disposition. That is why it says in First Peter, we'll get to it very soon. First Peter chapter 1, verse 14, 15, 16. Be holy, even as I am holy. So your holiness, the God is our standard of holiness. He is our standard. He said, be holy, even as I am holy. As I quoted Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, says that imitate God. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, uh, 48, it says that if you do this, you'll be like your father who is in heaven. We are supposed to be like, therefore, you, you, you are to be perfect as your father, as your heavenly father is perfect. He said, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So there is a way, there are things that we are supposed to, we are called to a certain behavior. Don't let anyone tell you that if you are, if you are born again, your spirit is perfect and you are perfect. So it doesn't matter how you behave. Please, that is a, the lie from the devil. Satan talking, the way he spoke to Eve. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I think verse 2, verse 1, 2, 3 says that the way the serpent beguiled Eve, I am afraid lest you, church, you also be deceived by the subtlety, by the crafty, crafty, uh, the craftiness and cunningness of the devil. He always comes with an alternative version that seems very palatable to the flesh, that seems very appealing to the fallen or the human nature outside of God. So Satan has versions of teachings, versions of teachings of ideologies that. Sounds nice to you. Which sounds okay. It's okay. I mean, since me and my girlfriend will be marrying anyway, we can be living together. You are not married. You are not married. You are not married. You are not married, please. There's a different, a vast, a big, vast, gigant one difference between a wife and a girlfriend. There is a massive difference between a boyfriend and a husband. Please. Please, it's not just the feeling, how, how we feel about each other and the things that we can do. You can even do more things than husband and wife. But, <laughs> I didn't know how I even got to that. Let me tell you, there's a difference. Okay. So when you are born again, there is a disposition. There is a bend. There is an inclination that is imparted into your spirit man. And you leave it from your spirit man. That is what is called the sanctification of the spirit. 
the spirit helps you so our soul we are supposed to constantly in cooperation with the indwelling spirit in cooperation with the holy spirit the nature of the holy spirit be able to live a certain way be uh, uh, be inclined to live our lives in a certain way to his glory now watch this so for us to be able to partake of God's holiness, the Holy Spirit indwelling us allows God, sometimes God will put us through some disciplinary process, through discipline, divine discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. It talks about how God lets us go through discipline. Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 says, for they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But he, talking about God, but God disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. He's disciplining us so that we may share his holiness. Let's look at Amplified. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short period of time and chastised us as seemed proper and good to them. But he disciplines us for our own, for our setting good, that we may become sharers of his own holiness. So for God, for the Spirit of God to effect consecration in our lives, he takes us through a certain disciplinary process so that we will be partakers of his holiness we will it will produce certain righteous act or consecrated uh, uh, productivity or consecrated outcome or sanctified outcome so when you are born again you are positionally sanctified but dispositionally you grow in your sanctification because your growth in sanctification, that determines your growth in the Lord. That determines your maturity. And so, number one, we are, we, we are talking about freedom from sin. So the six aspects of progressive salvation is um, freedom from sin, sanctification by the Spirit, and also through that sanctification, number three, God causes the growth of life. We begin to grow in life. The grow something is growing in you. Something is growing. That's all part of the uh, progressive salvation. Something is growing in you. Something beautiful of God is growing in you. In First Corinthians chapter three, um, let me read it from the King James. First Corinthians chapter three, verse six and seven. It says that. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God is giving you increase. So then, ni neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered, but God that gives the increase. God gives increase. So you are you are growing in the in your spiritual work. You are growing in life. The life of God in you, God is giving the increase as you expose yourself more and more, deny yourself, deny the soul life and expose yourself more to God's word. Something is growing and growing and growing in you. And then so number one, it's um, the aspects of progressive sanctification. Number one, freedom from sin. Number two, Sanctification by the Holy Spirit. Number three, um, number three is growth in life. Number four is transformation 
by the renewing of our, of our inward, inward parts. So transformation. He transforms us. So he frees us from sin. He sanctifies us. He helps us to grow in life. He transforms us. Something is changing. Transformation by renewing of our inward parts of the inward parts of our soul by the spirit that lives in us. So something is changing. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says that who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So the Spirit is producing something in us. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with uh, verse 18, but we all with open faces, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. So we are being changed from glory to that's we are being transformed. There's transformation work going on. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. That's where the problem is. Most of us, it's the, 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 the progressive salvation, the process of growth gets stunted, gets hampered, gets interfered with because of worldly inclination. Instead of godly inclination, we are more inclined towards the things of the world, towards our soul, towards our self, towards the flesh, towards our nature. As for me, this is how I am. And those are the things that hamper and interfere with the smooth uh, 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 the smooth development, spiritual development of anybody. So watch this. It says that, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, the inner part of your soul. Be renewed by be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The inward parts of your soul, the renewal takes place. And who, who is the chief agent of this renewal? The Spirit of God inside you. The Lord, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the life-giving Spirit is inside you. And so this is, throughout your lifetime, the Holy Spirit is working on you. He's working on you. He's work, you will get there. Hallelujah. We, we, we will get there. We shall all get there. From, from one, one level to the other, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to the glory, from glory to glory. So number one, progressive, stages of progressive, uh, progressive uh, salvation is um, freedom from sin, sanctification by the Holy Spirit, uh, growing in life, yeah, growing in life, transformation by the renewal of our inward parts, and then number five, building us together into a spiritual house for his own dwelling. So you cannot do the Christian work well in an isolated fashion. I always say this and I'll keep saying it. You need to be part of a team. You need to be part of the body. You need to be part of a church. Anybody who is not part of a church actively, you cannot grow spiritually. Let me repeat it. Anybody who is not part of a church actively, cannot grow spiritually. 
because God is building us together into a spiritual house. He builds us together. He said, together life. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 said, being built into a, we are all, we, you also as living stones are being built into a spiritual house. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22 talks about, we are all being built. Let me read it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22 talks about how we are being built in whom in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through his spirit. So God, we are being built together for God's habitation, like where God lives, okay, through the spirit. We are being built not individually, together, 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 together in the mighty name of Jesus. So um, we are all being built. So the, the fifth aspect is the building us together. We are being built together, being built together. And then the sixth aspect is the maturing us in life. We begin to mature, maturation. So this is is different from growing in life. This one, we are maturing. We are becoming perfect to a perfect man, to a perfect man. So we are maturing. Revelation chapter 14, verse 15, a very interesting text. Revelation chapter 14, verse 15. It says, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in the sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. That's maturity. When we have come to maturity, where Christ can reap us in, reap us in as his first fruits. Hallelujah. So this is all progressive. It's happening. So over um, um, freedom from sin, sanctification by the Spirit, growing in life, transformation from in our inner man, and then um, the being built together into a spiritual house and maturing in life. These are all stages, and God will use this stage in this way. We are being delivered from the power of sin the world the flesh the soul that's uh, the natural life the self and individualism into maturity in the divine or uh, into maturity in the plan of god as we fulfill the uh, as god fulfills eternal purpose he wants us all to grow to that level i see you growing and I see you coming to that level in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, once this happens, this is what we call the salvation of your soul. And it takes your entire lifetime. It's a long process. As I said the other time, it, it takes a whole lifetime to save a soul. It takes a whole lifetime to save a soul. It's not just the entry, but the process. And when Jesus comes, he's going to reward us on the basis of what we have done in complying with the Spirit, in transforming us, in overcoming sin, by letting the crucified life be manifested in life, in, in us, by denying our soul life, and taking up the cross, and following Him. That's where the rewards come from. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And everyone will give an account. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And in Romans chapter 14, I think, verse 10, somewhere there, talks about we must appear before the judgment seat. He's coming as a judge. And then after the judgment seat, he will tell some people, away from me into not hell, 
not tell because you are safe forever, but away from me from enjoying my keenly enjoyment. Maybe I wouldn't want to go into that. Another time I'll teach on the, I'll teach in detail of the final salvation. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 39. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. Do you remember? I said perdition, eternal perdition. We are, we are no more in that. We are not of them that draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul <laughs> don't draw back we believe to the saving of the soul and look at verse 37 for yet a little while and he 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 that shall come will come and will not tarry it won't be long this is what it means by verse 30 verse 35 cast cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward what's the reward the saving of our soul the saving of our soul and it's coming with rewards, great reward. That, that's the real salvation. When By the time Jesus appears, we, we have been prepared through sanctification, through subduing or the power over sin or freedom from sin, you know, and through the sanctification of the spirit, through growing in life into God, through um, uh, uh, transformation, from our inner man, you are a different person. You are growing from grace to grace, being transformed. And then through being built up together into a spiritual house and through our maturing for us to be the first fruit of God, he tastes us and sweet. This is what is called the, the, the salvation of the soul. So back to First Peter uh, chapter, um, chapter 1, reading from verse 5 again. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Now you understand. Unto salvation, you, your faith is required in this. Unto salvation, ready. It's already ready. Ready to be revealed at the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, who, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Verse 10, of whom, of which salvation, this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come to you. So they spoke, Isaiah spoke in Isaiah chapter uh, 9 verse 6, unto us a son is born. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1, it says that uh, a root, will, uh, a branch will spring up from the shoot of Jesse. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it says, God himself give a sign. A virgin shall conceive and give, give birth to a son. They were looking forward to the coming of Jesus. They knew it. So Isaiah spoke about it. The prophets spoke about it. They spoke about the coming of Jesus. Uh, by uh, how, how did they know? It was the spirit, spirit of God or Spirit of Christ who was in them, who was signifying, who was speaking and pointing to the coming of Jesus. The Spirit of Christ that was in them was pointing to the coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. Isaiah spoke about it. Daniel spoke about it. Daniel chapter 12 verse 6. Daniel spoke about it. The prophets knew the Messiah will come. They knew it. They spoke about the coming of the Messiah. 
and the Spirit of Christ was inside them. When you talk about the Spirit of Christ, in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it speaks about the Spirit of Christ. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, God has sent the Spirit for the Spirit of His Son. See, the Spirit of Christ into our, our spirit. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 says that, For I know that this shall tend to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This same Spirit was operating in Isaiah, was operating in Amos, was operating in Noah, was operating in Jonah, was operating in Habakkuk, was operating in Zechariah, was operating in Zephaniah, was operating in Nahum, was operating in uh, Ezra, was operating in uh, uh, um, Ezekiel, was, was, was operating in Jeremiah, was operating in all these prophets, the Spirit of Christ, and he kept the Spirit of Christ kept pointing to, watch this, the Spirit of Christ was pointing, let me show you something, pointing to the coming age. What is the age? Let me read it again. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired. What is this salvation they are talking about? This salvation is amazing. This salvation, the, the full salvation I'm talking about. The full salvation. This full salvation. They are talking about not only just being saved from your sins, but you are saved from the power of sin and saved from the presence of sins. From of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied in a prophesied of the grace that should come to you, searching what and what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow. The Spirit was testifying the suffering of Christ. Testifying the sufferings of Christ, testifying the spirit of Christ, which was in the prophets, was testifying the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The spirit of Christ was testifying, not just that, it was signifying up in relation to salvation coming, there needed to be suffering and the glories that follow. When you read the King James, it said the glory that follow. But I think this other version, all the other versions, including the New King James, says, renders it better. Let me read it. Verse 11, again, New American Standard Version. Seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as it predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories. Not only one glory. Levels of glory that should follow. His resurrection was one of the glory. His ascension was another of the glory. Hallelujah. The building of the church is one of the glory. Then it says that the Spirit of God testified that after the suffering of Christ, glories were following. Glories were following. As you suffer for Christ, glory will follow. Look, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13, it says that, But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that, so that also at the revelation of his glory, ye may rejoice with exaltation. When his glory is revealed, you'll be rejoiced. You'll be rejoicing because it's going to be revealed also in you. Glories that should follow. This our salvation is amazing salvation. Oh, what a great salvation. Oh, what a great salvation. What a great salvation. It's an amazing salvation. It's a glorious salvation. Something that provokes thanks and glory into a glory, a glory to God. Something that provokes appreciation, admiration, and doxology to our king of kings. He said, so in heaven, Bible said they sang the song of, of the Lamb. 
Hallelujah. This is a glorious salvation. We have been brought into glorious salvation. And so um, he said, First uh, Peter, back to First Peter. Let me read it from the King James. Verse 11. Searching what and what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Verse 12. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. They were prophesying about us. The things they were saying was for us. Unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, which things angels desire to look into. These things that we preach, angels just, wow. As I said the other time, we have angelic observation. They just watch Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 talks about how to the intents that unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known by the church, so said uh, to the intent that the manifold wisdom of God will be made known by the through the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Hallelujah! They they look at the church and they say, "Oh, this God is amazing." The Bible said, "Angels desire to look into what is happening in church, our salvation, our complex salvation, our threefold salvation, our our." stages of salvation, the initial stage, the progressive stage, and the final stage. The angels look at you, they say, wow! They said, wow, God, God, you pulled it again. Wow, this is amazing. They look at you and they give God praise. That's why I said we are a chosen generation, a royal priest to the holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him who have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He saved us for his glory. He saved us for his glory. Hallelujah. And let's, verse 13, let me end of verse 13. Wherefore, because of this, this is so important, because of all that you have heard about what the Father has done and what the Holy Spirit has done, this is our salvation that is coming. Okay, watch this. Wherefore, get up the loins of your mind. The way your mind don't have a loose mind. When we talk about getting up the loins, you know, those days they used to wear flowing gowns. And when a soldier, like a Roman soldier, wearing something like a maxi, flowing gown, going to fight, you know, it, when you are going to run, you have to, just like when women are wearing high heels and they have to run, they just stop, take off their shoes, and they start running. Sometimes when you are wearing like a wedding gown, you can't be running with it. If you want to really run, you have to pull it up and tie it. So loose ends of your mind. <laughs> That's what he said. Get up, tie it up, tie it up, tidy up the loose ends of your mind, brother, sister. Because of the great salvation we have, tidy up the loose ends of your minds. Get up the loins of your minds. Wherefore, get up the loins of your minds, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of... See, he's pointing them again to the future. There's a hope coming. There's grace that to be brought unto you. He said, set your hope, okay? He says that sober and hope to the end for that grace. 
It's a living hope that must go to the end. Did you realize that he kept pointing them to the end, to the future? Pointing them to the future. That is Christianity. Christianity 101 points us to the future. Don't mind the people who tell you that you don't always have to be looking about the future. They are like Hymenos and Phygelos. Uh, they, I think, <laughs> I think it's in First Timothy. Let's hope I'll find chapter 1, verse, I think, 18, 19, somewhere there. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, 19. Uh, yes, Hermogenes and Alexandra, who, okay, holding, it says that, holding, holding faith and good conscience, which some having put away concerning the faith have made shipwreck, of whom, of whom is Hermogenes and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan, that they may learn how not to blaspheme. Yeah. He said, I've delivered them to Satan so that they will learn. Satan will teach them. <laughs> Satan, Satan will teach them a lesson how not to blaspheme. Um, the one I'm looking for is 2 Timothy chapter 2, <laughs> verse 17. Oh, verse, let's start from verse 16. It says that, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Some things will just increase unto more ungodliness. And their words will, uh, their words will eat as doth canker. Canker. Canker is cancer. Gangrene. I thought on gangrenous words, if you remember. They eat like gangrene. Cancer. Of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, yes, Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of many. Some pastors or some teachers sound exactly like Hymenius and Philetus. They disgrade, uh, downgrade expectation for the coming of Christ. They downgrade it. They downgrade it. When you start backsliding, let me tell you, when you start backsliding, you lose sight and you lose focus on the second coming of Christ. It's one of the clearest, uh, clear, clearest, clearest signs of backsliding. Early signs of backsliding is when you begin to lose sight of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter to you again. And there are a lot of people in churches who they don't think about it. They will tell you, ah, you always heavy, heavy, heavy. What are, are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why do you put more focus on your transit location than your destination? It's a glorious, it's a pleasurable expectation. So don't cast off. Let me read it again and finish. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Where forget up the loins of your mind. See the people who talk. It's loose minds. Please tie, tie, tie your mind so that all kinds of loose talks don't find space in your mind. Get up the loin of your mind, the loins of your mind. Be sober, be sober. In a, that was be alert. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus. When Jesus is revealed, there is grace that is coming. Hope to the end. Don't throw this hope away. Hope to the end. And let me read it from this um, New American Standard Version. It says that, therefore, prepare your minds for action. 
Keep sober in the spirit. Fix your hope certainly on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Fix your hope on it. Fix your hope on it and don't give up hope. Doesn't matter what you go through. Keep your eyes on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus will be revealed. When you meet him and you hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your, of your Lord. Matthew chapter 25 verse 21 and verse 23. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. May you hear that said to you by the Lord himself. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, today we've learned about progressive. We finished on the progressive salvation and the three aspects of salvation. And I've spoken about the spirit working within the prophets and the same spirit working in the preachers. If it's the same spirit, the message will be the same. And how we should get up our minds. So this is what the Father has done and the Holy Spirit has done. In our next session, I'll go on to the aspect of Jesus, how he empowers us to live a holy life, to walk in obedience to Jesus. That's the Christian life. In the face of suffering, in the face of challenges, in the face of hardness, keep your faith so you can hope to the end. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.